Hey family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone, your future is waiting, so prepare to move forward. almost didn't come out here. I told that. I said, just keep singing. We won't gonna get to that. Can you just make some noise for your anointed shepherds, Pastor Travis and Pastor Jackie? We love you. I am telling you right now, they are two of the greatest leaders this side of heaven. I don't say that because they're my friends. I say that because it's true. And I don't know if you know this, but you are a part of one of the greatest churches in the world. Listen to me. You guys are a church that my wife can testify to the fact that I can get a text message at midnight. And if they need me here by 7, I got to put it in the GPS. I got to be here, not just because of the opportunity to share with you, but every time my wife and I are here, we also grow with you. And I want you to know you are such a depositor. You are a church that truly inspires the next generation, the previous generation. The, the, you are leaders in the kingdom of God. So for to give yourselves a round of applause. Amen. Amen. Hey, look, while you're yet standing, would you just jump on your feet? I want to read the word of God. And, and uh, I come from one of those, those old school Pentecostal church. I don't know if anybody grew up in the Pentecostal church. I'm a Pentecostal and uh, we're we going to read the word, and then I'm going to let you just sit down. And the next time you jump up, it'll be if you want to. Uh, I won't be offended if you don't. But let's go to the book of John, chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 25 through 27 in the New Living Translation. And it reads like this. Jesus is speaking. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Somebody say remember. Verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. One translation maybe you're more familiar with says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid would you bow father i pray now that your spirit would saturate this space lord god i believe that the groundwork has already been laid that there are fertile hearts all across the world ready to receive your voice and vision for their life so it is my prayer lord god that they not hear the voice of vernon gordon not see the face of vernon gordon but only hear and see the voice and face of you that lives in me i decrease as you increase, have your way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement, say it together, amen. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord one more hand clap of praise as you take your seat. 
Amen. 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 I believe that uh, we're going to end up back at that song at the end of this sermon. I already told them that what was just shared at the very end of that last song in many ways is prophetic because it perfectly aligns with what the Lord laid on my heart today for its city. And, uh, and if I could, I want to just give you the title of my sermon from the beginning here. If you're a note taker, I pray you are. I want you to write this down. The name of my sermon today is The Forgotten Promise. The forgotten promise. Um, I've been here many times, and so because we're all family now, and I believe I can be vulnerable with y'all. Is that all right? I believe y'all know my heart well enough to know uh, the type of person I am, and and I, I I'm not the type of person who is picky. I believe beggars can't be choosers, but 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 I am the type of person who knows that certain types of gifts are best for me. I don't know if anybody loves gifts in this room. Maybe you've taken the five love language assessment. Okay, I see a few hands waving. Some of y'all lying. Y'all know y'all like gifts. Y'all know y'all like gifts. Uh, I'm the type of person, I mean, like all people, I like gifts. But if I could be honest with you, I'm genuinely or generally appreciative of all gifts. I'm low maintenance. I would like to believe that there's not a lot of pickiness in my preferences about gift giving. But here's one thing I've learned about myself. Maybe you like me is that there's a certain type of gift that I need based on how responsible I really am I, I, I need the type of gift that is easily identifiable so that when I'm leaving the place you gave it to me I don't forget about it I need this type of gift I, I need something that's big I need something that's not not out of conceit, not 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 out of vain, not not out of vain pursuit. But y'all, I just need the type of gift that I won't lose on my way out. I don't know if anybody's like me. You ever lost a gift before? Be mad. Let me tell you how this hit me, y'all. I was in the airport. My wife and I were coming uh, uh, back from a little trip, and we were coming back just today. And, and I was in the airport, and I was going through this line to get some coffee. And as I began to search through my bag for a wallet, I began to search through my bag for money. I found a gift card to Starbucks. I found a gift card to Starbucks. Now, while I normally would shout over that, you know, this would be the shout cue to say, the Lord will bless you when you ain't looking. You know what? But that don't fit with this sermon. That don't fit. That don't fit with this sermon. That, that, Got to be integral to this sermon. I need you to understand. I found this gift card that I had in my possession for over a year. Y'all had the gift card in a compartment that I do not regularly check. Anybody ever bumped into a gift that you forgot about? You ever was cleaning out a drawer that you don't look in no more and be like, I got to check and see if this still good. I got to check the balance on this thing because the Lord might be blessing in a different season. Uh, I'm looking at this gift card and I'm like, how in the world? I love Starbucks. I don't know about it. I got any Starbucks lovers in the room. How did I let this good gift slip through my fingertips? How did I delay something that I should have had all along? Simply because, here it is. I saw for today, I saw for the first time in a long time that I needed something to illuminate my irresponsibility. Because for a lot of us, if we be honest, as we've stumbled upon gifts that we've received from people, we often sometimes need to stumble upon the gift that is one from God. 
that we lost because we were irresponsible. I want to be transparent with you today, Fort City. I believe with all of my heart that there is a forgotten promise that the people of God had not carried to its full potential in this last season. And if I can be transparent with you because we're family, I believe that, that, that one of the challenges of this pandemic is that we haven't fully sat with the gravity of what we have experienced both emotionally and mentally. If I could just take my time right here, I just want to speak about what I just looked through. I looked through the last 21 months and there have been 18 traumatic corporate experiences. 18 traumatic corporate experiences. The pandemic is just one of many traumatic corporate experiences. We also had the social justice movement. We saw and witnessed not only the death of George Floyd and the death of Ahmaud Arbery, but we also watched the death of Breonna Taylor. If you go down the list, we saw the shooting of Jacob Blake. We saw all of these things happening all around our country. Traumatic experience. We then transitioned from that into the polarizing climate of our politics, and it was stress on stress. And then we went from that into January when we thought we'd be coming out of a pandemic, and now we see different things happening. And now we're trying to figure out, should the kids go back to school, not go back to school? Should we get vaccinated, not get vaccinated, mask, no mask? And everybody's fighting. And everybody's divisive. And everybody's frustrated. And everything's tense. And your timeline tells you what to believe. And who to hate and who to cancel. And you're trying to figure out how to manage all of this emotion and you're trying to figure out how to manage all of these experiences. Can I take it personal for just a moment? If you would have told me that my daughter would start kindergarten, but never make it through a full year of school, and then struggle in a virtual climate. And then we had to wrestle my wife and I with, should we put her back in a school or not put her back in a school? If you would have told me that we would be wrestling with that when we first had children, I wouldn't have believed you. If you would have told me that as a church we would watch people pass away that we wouldn't be able to go visit. If you would have told me two years ago that would happen, I wouldn't have believed you. If you would have, if you would have told me, if you would have told me that That many of us wouldn't have been able to gather in corporate worship for almost two years. I wouldn't have have believed you. If you would have told me that that, that many of us would struggle with isolation. And if I can be candid, not just you. I'm speaking to us. Because even I sat in some frustration. And I had to wrestle with God. Because for the first time in a long time, he pointed out something in me. As Psalm 139 says, that offended him. Because I had become so attached to the engagement from the public platform that I didn't know how to sit and love myself by myself. And the same way I had to sit with my stuff, can I be honest with you today? Some of us are so busy to get back out and get back moving that you really haven't sat with what you have experienced the last 21 months. And the Lord brought me by here to tell you today that some of you in the midst of all that we have experienced, hear my heart very clearly today, have lost emotional ownership. 
You have lost emotional ownership. I'm defining emotional ownership as the practice and protection of your personal peace as aligned with God's promise for every believer. God's gift. In the book of John, he tells us that he gave us a what? Gift. What is it? Peace of mind and heart. But the problem is the gift doesn't always come big and bold. It comes in a still, small voice. And if many of us be honest, for the last 21 months, we've outsourced the thing that God called us to own. Our emotion. You're trying to figure out why you was happy on your way to work and then on your way home. You was mad because you put your faith in a job. You, you're trying to figure out why you were good just an hour ago and now you're irritated by your kids. It's because you spent the last hour on a timeline with people telling you how to feel. It, 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 you're trying to figure out why are my emotions all over the place and why can't I have joy anymore? It's because you let CNN and Fox tell you how to feel, but you have outsourced your emotions when God said you were called to own them because I gave you a gift peace of mind and peace of heart and because we lost the gift we forgot the promise we had access but we lost awareness we had power but we lost possession we actually had leverage, but we lost its location because we were looking for it here and looking for it there when God said it was in me all along. Got to be honest with you. As a church, the general church, we used to say things like, if you want to find your passion, just go to where your heart breaks. But the question we must all wrestle with is, what do you do when everything breaks your heart? Am I preaching to anybody in here? What, what, what do you do when you're sad this day and then the timeline changes this day and something else happens and something and, and you, and you, and you want to be sad about this and you want to march for this and you want to cry about this and you want to fight for this and, and everything breaks your heart. And as we prepare to see this world of feelings come to the surface here, my heart clearly, if you had a big idea for the day, write this down and I want you to take it with you because it's going to liberate some of you to live again. Are you ready? Here it is. You cannot fix everything you feel. You cannot fix everything you feel. And for many of us, we have been so led by our feelings that we have forfeited the gift of God because everybody's feelings are easy to spot. And God's gift is waiting for you in a place you forgot the promise. Hear me? As we begin to navigate this life 
with God, I need you to understand that we are called to be countercultural. Can I tell you how culture works? Let me tell you how culture works. The way culture works is we feel, right? And then we feel, so we try to fix. Some of y'all know this is you. Don't testify. You don't got to raise your hand. You just a fix-it person. Anybody got a friend trying to fix everything? I got in trouble with that early in marriage. Can I tell you about how I got in trouble with it early in marriage? I was early in my marriage. I've been married 10 years this past August. I've been married 10 years. I've been married 10 years. That's my boo right there. What's up, girl? You look good. All right. We'll talk about it later. Um, and, uh, and, and early in our marriage, she was working in corporate America, and it was a very aggressive job. She was an auditor. And so some of y'all don't like auditors, but don't talk. That's my wife. And, uh, and so... So that struck something in you. You just had a feeling right there. I just want to bring it up. And, uh, and so she came home and she was venting one day. She was venting. She was like, oh, my God, this is going on. And you're not going to believe what they did. And you're not going to believe what they said. And you're not going to believe how they changed this policy. And I got to get this. And they won't give it to me on time. And I did what a good husband is supposed to do. I tried to fix it. There are three husbands nodding their head. They've been married long enough to know that was never the ask. And one day she finally said to me, she said, babe, babe. Babe, when I am talking to you, I don't need you to always try to fix it. Can you just feel with me, listen with me, and love me? I said, my God. I said, well, yes, ma'am. I'm apologizing. I didn't know. And here's what's happening. But, but, but all of us, many of us are like me. We, we try to fix everything we feel. So, so we feel something, and then we try to fix it. And then once we try to fix it, we start focusing on it. And then watch this. And then that becomes the fruit that we produce. See, see, for many of us, the seeds that have been most sown in our life are feelings. And so feelings are the seed. Then they will always fix our focus there. And then we start to produce a fruit of bitterness. We produce the fruit of attitude. We produce the fruit of a lack of joy and frustration and fatigue and, 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 and tears. And we can't even explain why we cry and why. Because the seed to our fruitfulness was our feelings. This is why Paul writes in Philippians. Can I teach you real quick on this? Philippians chapter 4, he writes this in verse 8. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. On what is true and what is honorable and what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can I read you one more passage? I just want you to see this. I want you to see this. Proverbs 29 and 11. Because fools vent their anger. But the wise know how to hold it back. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. Do you know when you vent most? When you don't have vision beyond the present. You vent most when you have vision beyond the present. Have you, ever, have you ever known the ending of a thing? And you were sitting watching a movie with a group of people. And they all panicking. Oh my God. What's happening? Why are they doing that? And you over in the corner like... <laughs> Because you've seen it before. Can I tell you what the trouble with the body of Christ has been? Why we have forfeited the promise? Why we have forgot the, the promise of peace? It's because we act like we ain't seen this before. Yeah, I, 
I'm not saying it's ideal. I'm just saying I didn't seen this before somewhere. I'm not saying I know all the answers. I'm just saying I didn't seen this before. I'm not saying I got it all figured out. I'm just saying I looked somewhere in scripture and I saw a God who made a blind man see. I saw one who opened up waves that I could walk through dry ground. I didn't seen something before. This is not the first time God had to show his power. So because I have vision, some of you don't got to look to scripture. You can look at your life. You can look at your timeline. You can look at your old text messages and say, I thought I was going to die in the last season. But thanks be unto God. If he did it before, I've seen this before. I got vision. And I'm trying to help somebody understand your post is not where your power is. Okay, I'm going to make 30 people mad right here. I might not get invited back. Your pillow talk is not where the power is. You didn't lay next to her and boil your heart. But God said, when the last time you came to me? Your paycheck is not where the power is. You begging your boss for joy. He can't give you joy. I tell you who can, though. The one who created you. The one who knit you in your mother's womb. The one who knew you before you were formed. God still gives the best gift. I wish somebody say, I want God's gift. I want God's gift. I want God's gift. I know you got some stuff over there. I want God's gift. So, so we have to understand today. That we have to fix. Paul says, fix your thoughts. So watch this. Here's what countercultural looks like. Here it is. Are you ready? Here's what it looks like. Instead of starting with our feelings, we start with our fruit. Amen. Amen. See, this, this, this is what scripture teaches us. It doesn't say that your feelings are illegitimate. It just says that you got something you can bring to your feelings. So when we invite the Holy Spirit into our life, Look at what happens. Galatians 5 tells us we get things like love and joy and peace and kindness and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. Here it is. What would happen if you stopped bringing your feelings to your fruit and you started bringing your fruit to your feelings? What would happen the next time chaos broke out in your life and you say, I would panic, but I'm bringing self-control to this. I would panic, but I'm bringing joy to this. I would panic, but my seeds have changed. So instead of planting the seed of feelings and hoping for good fruit, I'm going to plant the seed of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then my feelings will be subject to the Spirit of God. What is your seed? Because your seed is going to determine your fruit. Are you bringing your feelings to your fruit or your fruit to your feelings? As we begin to look at this, I want you to see this. And many of us are trying to fight a spiritual battle with worldly weapons. Can I teach you a little bit more? Y'all all right? I want to take your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Very familiar passage, but appropriate. Here it is. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds. 
So casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here it is. And bringing into what? Captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. There is a stronghold on this nation. Anxiety. Depression. Fear. Insecurity. Comparison. And the list goes on. And it's important to understand that a stronghold is a defensive structure. See, a lot of times in church, we'd be like, I'm just going, I'm, I'm pulling down strongholds. You pulling down strongholds for the last three years, pulling them down. A stronghold was a defensive structure, which meant it was only erected to protect that which it already possessed. And so, before we go trying to pull something down, the first thing we need to reconcile is to make sure that we're not the ones that the stronghold is protecting. Some of you ain't trying to conquer it, you're trying to break out. Some of you are trying to say you got courage to conquer it, when really you need courage to break the chain of it I know I just made 20 y'all mad I ain't scared and if you don't know which place you're in the first question you got to start asking yourself is what happens to my emotions every time I scroll what happens to my attitude every time I see him or her you you see them happy and now your whole day messed up and you talking about conquering something. And the enemy like, boo-boo, I got you. I got you. All I need, the algorithm got you. You done scrolled across it five times. Ain't liked it, just scrolled it. And you talking about conquering something, but the first prayer you need to pray is, Lord, break this chain off of my heart. Lord, break this bondage off of my spirit. Lord, I'm tired of letting the national media tell me how to feel. God, you are for me, and the world against me cannot be victorious. God, I know that you've given me a gift. Don't forget the promise. Don't forget the promise. God wants to liberate some of us from the bondage that our society and our circumstances have allowed us to get in. And I'm not saying you did it intentionally. Some of us just got caught up in the hype. And God said, I'm trying to free you today so that you can walk in the promise of peace. Can I show you three things really quickly? Three principles for retaining the promise. Three principles for finding the peace and the gift that God has given you. Here's number one. And I'm, I'm going to frame these as more of a journey than a point. Because I believe that one of the things that we have to be thinking about as the body is not just how do we celebrate in each other's presence corporately, but how do we leave empowered to be able to take ownership over the life that God is calling us to live. Are y'all with me? Here's number one. Here's number one. I want you to see this. The principle to retain the promise. The first is you got to know where it comes from. Imagination. 
where it comes from. Imagination. Have you ever noticed that when Jesus is being tempted in the garden, the enemy never attacks his body? It really messed with me. It messed with my theology. Because the three attacks that the enemy launches against Jesus are an attack of pride, an attack of ambition, an attack for approval. It's like throw yourself down. Show us who you really are. Just, I'll give you all of this. And, and every attack is an attack of the imagination. It is an attack of thought. And it's important that we understand this. Because for many of us, imagination, hear me, is a gift to the discipline. But it's a trap to the weak. For a lot of us, imagination has become the trap or the stronghold that the enemy has used to stop you from living. I prove it to you. Some of us have made most of our decisions based on an imaginative thought of what could happen. Some of us have cut people off because of what we thought they didn't like about us. Some of y'all done walked out of people's lives because your imagination told you. A scenario transpired. Don't try to act like you've never been there before. They didn't bump into somebody. They're having a conversation over there. You don't like one of the people in the circle. And you're like, see, they all talking about me. That's why I don't like none of them. I don't like none of them. And you didn't cancel nine people out of your life just because they joined a team with one person you didn't like. And your imagination has robbed you of a relationship that could have been necessary for your destiny. But your imagination. Some of you have created scenarios in your mind that have not happened. And you have constructed the foundation of your life. Based on something that did not happen, it might happen, and God is saying, I'm calling you today to live out the words of Scripture. What did the Scripture say? Cast down. What? Imagination. This is the challenge. My, my, my son Jackson helped me to understand this. He's five now. He has a problem cutting off his imagination. <laughs> Hear me, people of God. I need your prayers. I petition you. And, uh, and we were going on a walk one day, our whole family, and my son began to get into character. <laughs> he was the bad guy in a movie. The problem is, he said something to his mama, and I was like, boy, you lost your mind. When I inquired of him, Anthony, I said, uh, what are you doing, son? He said, I'm the bad guy, daddy. I said, you and your multiple personalities better get it under control because the bad guy is, well, I, we on live. I ain't going to say what I, he has a problem cutting off his imagination. I wonder how many of us, the enemy has ruined the season of our life. 
I wonder how many of us have responded to God with our imagination when he was giving us instruction. I, I wonder how many of us have been stuck in one season, not because God didn't want to liberate, but because our imagination created a prison and a stronghold. And, and, and God says in the scripture, cast down what? Imagination. So that we can ultimately be free and retain the promise of God, which is the gift of peace of mind and heart. Here's the second thing really quick, though. I need you to know where it's headed because if you're not careful, this is where it goes. It goes and becomes an infection. Imagination untamed becomes an infection. And do you know where it heads? To your heart. I want to show you Jeremiah 17 really quick. Jeremiah 17, verse 10 through 11. I want you to see this. It says this. It says, then, and, and, but I, the Lord, search all the hearts and examine. And I want, actually, I'm going to take this back. Let me start at verse 9 right here. It says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It is desperately wicked. Who knows how bad it is? Now, verse 10 says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives and I give people their due rewards according to where their actions deserve. Here it is. The Bible literally says that you have to be very careful about your heart. Proverbs 4 and 23, protect your heart above what? All else. For out of it flows what? The issues of life. And we have to be very careful because imagination that is not properly managed. Imagination, here it is, that is fueled by feeling and not by the fruit of the Spirit will ultimately infect every good and perfect gift that God tries to give. The relationships that God gives, the mentorship that God gives, the friendships that God gives, the opportunities that God gives. We have to be careful to protect our heart because out of it flows the issues of life but here's the good news somebody say good news it can be defeated can I tell you where it's defeated you have to incarcerate every thought that's what the scripture says take captive every thought bring it under submission to the obedience of what Christ we have to bring into captivity to incarcerate every thought that seeks to exalt itself above the knowledge of Christ. So really quick, I want you to take notes on this. I want to give you three ways, three ways really quick about how to take your thoughts captive. How to take your thoughts captive. This is practical. I'm going to zoom through these. We're going to pray. And I'm going to let you get to your chicken dinner. Amen. Amen. I'm going to let you get to your chicken dinner. Some of y'all spirit leap when I say a chicken. It's just, I think they're like that, and it rolls up in them. Three ways to take thoughts captive. Number one, start every day seeking God's heart. Some of y'all was waiting for something real deep. He was like, ooh, here it is. And here's the beauty of God's word. Sometimes simple disciplines have dramatic consequences. Sometimes the struggle is we're trying to get out of the stronghold that we're in. We're trying to get out of the season where our imagination is taking control of us. And we're like, how do I do it? I need deliverance. And sometimes God is saying, you don't need deliverance. You need discipline. 
<laughs> Some of you, you've been waiting on a miracle for what a discipline would do. So, so, so. Step one. Start every day seeking God's heart. Here's why. Because you'll only find God's gifts when you're carrying God's heart. God says, I have a gift for you. And in the midst of all this happening around you, big gifts, people saying, I can reward you with this, reward you with immediate gratification, immediate followers, immediate this, immediate that. He says, don't forget the promise. Peace of mind and heart. You might not see it the way you see other stuff, but don't lose the promise. And you're going to find it when you wake up every day seeking every day God's heart. God says, I have a gift for you that the world, this is what he says in John, that the world cannot give. Which implies this. Are you ready? I'm moving on to the next point after this. Catch this. Which implies that it is possible to have a gift that you enjoy That is not from God. (laughs) And your mind, imagination, will convince you that because it met your desires, it must be God's blessings. And because you are not intimate enough with God's heart, you will shout over a blessing that you claim came from God. And it really came from the enemy seeking to steal, kill, and destroy through the power of imagination. And it's not until you know God's heart that you can fully understand God's gifts. Tell you this real quick story, and I'm going to jump through these last two points. My wife, I told you, is an auditor. She's an accountant by profession. And here's one thing I know about my wife. Me and my wife don't do like a whole bunch of expensive gifts. Now, look, I ain't judging y'all. I ain't judging you. Some of y'all got mad at me. I ain't judging y'all. But, but one time I had a friend tell me, he said, you know what you need to do? You need to spend a lot of money on a gift for your wife. I said, that's how I know you don't know my wife. You don't know her heart. Because when you know her heart, I know what she desires. And by knowing her heart, I also know what type of gifts that she gives. And I need you to understand today that it's only when you start seeking God's heart where you'll understand how to discern God's gifts. Here's the second one. Second one. How to take a thought captive. Are you ready? Speak to the thought by name. I'm going to do this real fast and I'm going to get on out of here. Listen to me. Speak to the thought by name. Do you know the challenge for some of us? We just be ambiguously calling stuff out. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus had an encounter with a demon-possessed man, and he said, you, Legion, come out. He spoke to it by what? He goes to the grave. Lazarus, come out. He speaks to it by what? I'm trying to help somebody to understand it. When he needed to call a disciple off the boat, he said, Peter. Because when God is trying to deal with something, his words are so powerful that he just can't cast them out. <laughs> he got to call that thing by 
our name. Okay, can I talk to 30 people today? This is all you've been waiting on. There's some stuff sitting at your house that you don't need to go home and be like, I'm praying over my house. No, I'm praying over the spirit that lies in this house of insecurity. I'm praying over the bitterness that's been sitting here for generations. I'm praying over the fear that's been guiding this relationship. I'm praying over the spirit of offense that has been breaking up my marriage. I call the spirit of offense out. You gotta go. I call the spirit of insecurity out. You gotta go. Some of you need to speak over your children tonight. They walking around insecure and you out here talking about Lord help them. No, I speak to the spirit that has control over their mind. I take captivity, their imagination, and I declare that at a young age they will know who they are and who they belong to. Some of you need to give God praise because you're ready to go home and speak to the thought by name. Come on, 30 seconds if you're ready to wage war over your house wage war over your emotions wage war over your mind come on 20 more seconds come on 20 more seconds say i'm waging war i'm waging war i'm waging war i know the promise i know the promise i know the promise i cast down every imagination and i take captive Every thought that seeks to exalt itself above Christ. What thought has been controlling your life? What thought has been controlling your decisions? What thought has been infusing your marriage? What thought has been robbing you of faith? What thought? has been robbing you of peace. And God said, you're struggling because you forgot the promise. The gift of peace of mind and heart. Speak to the thought by name. I dare you for the next 30 seconds to close your eyes and begin to speak to the thought by name. Come on, we ain't even got to do nothing else. Just begin to speak to that thought by name. Come on, give speak to that thought by name. Say, insecurity, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Come on, declare right now. Some of you are dealing with generational trauma. You're dealing with wounds from your childhood. And you need to speak to the thought by name. I bind up that thing that has held my imagination captive. And the enemy has shut up your mouth, but I release your mouth today. I release your voice today. I release your power today. I claim victory over every thought. We speak to the 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 thought. By name. By name. By name. By name. The Lord is stirring some of you. By name. You've been scared to say it out loud. God said today I'm giving you the authority to speak to that thing by name. Speak to that thing by name. Speak to that thing by name. Why? Because he's already provided you with a gift of peace mind and peace of heart here's the last thing if you would stand up all over this room here's how you take a thought captive you got to stay in healthy community 
because there will be moments where it feels like the thought is taking you and you need some people around you say ah 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 I feel like ah ah in my spirit I feel like ah in my spirit I feel like God is looking at his children today say ah ah come here bro come here bro come here bro this is why you got to get out of here. This is why you got to choose who in your circle wisely. This is why you got to be in a community like Forest City. This is why you got to be a part of a church with small groups that care about you. This is why you got to be a part of a community with pastors who intercede for you. This is why. Because some folk, watch this. Some folk will watch you walk into trauma. And they will let you sing and let you worship and let you holler while you walk into a pitfall. While your imagination runs wild. They will have a conversation with you. Say, I'm leaving that team. I'm leaving that church. And won't say nothing. Just let you. But every now and then, you need to be a part of a community. That when your imagination starts to take you, wait a minute. You need to be a part of a community. That when the devil starts to tell you, you's a liar. You need to be a part of a community when you start getting fear, and when you start getting tired, and when you start getting that won't let you go. I dare somebody to testify today that I won't forget the promise. I dare you to give God praise. I dare you to give God glory. I dare you to give God honor. The promise is still yes and amen. Come on, worship that thing right there. Worship the thought changes. He always provides. He's providing for your thoughts today. He's providing for your heart today. He's providing peace today. Come on, He always. He provided a good gift. He always provides. He always already provided I want to take you back to the words of John he said I'm leaving you 
with a gift, which means it's already been accessible. It's been there all along. What is the gift? The gift of peace of mind and heart. You don't have to leave the way you came. already provided. So don't forget the promise. Would you close your eyes all over this room? Father, I pray right now that your promise would wash over your people. I pray right now that your promise would wash over your people. I pray right now that they will go looking for the gift they will go looking for your gift tonight of peace, of heart, and mind. That the chaos of this world, that the uncertainty of this world, that the confusion of this world would not take us captive, but we would take captive every thought that seeks to exalt itself above your knowledge. We won't forget the promise. We decide today to take ownership of our peace based on the power you already gave us. Because you always provide. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Amen. Forward City, I love you. I love you. God bless you. Can't wait to see you again. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about, pray this simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me forever from the inside out. I'm saved. I am different. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you and you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.